0: Hello, I'm Michael Serapio, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Tonight on Primetime Politics, hitting the picket lines.
1: Shut it down! Shut it down!
0: More than 120,000 federal government workers go on strike, with the Public Service Alliance of Canada walking off the job in offices across the country. But was this necessary? Why did the two sides fail to reach a tentative deal? Coming up, we'll speak with the PSAC president, Chris Aylward. Also... We continue to be very optimistic. We're going to be able to see this resolved where it needs to, at the bargaining table. Did the Trudeau Liberals drop the ball? Why, after nearly two years of negotiations, was no deal possible? We'll speak with the Treasury Board president, Mona Fortier. And... How will this strike affect you? We'll discuss the impact. This is Primetime Politics. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Sorapio. More than 100,000 federal government workers went on strike today, making good on their promise to hit the picket lines if a tentative deal with Ottawa was not achieved by 9pm Eastern last night. Well, that deadline came and went, and now services across the country will be affected. Passports, tax returns, immigration and visa applications, just to name a few. As workers set up pickets in 250 locations across the country today, including Parliament Hill.
2: When I say Mona Forte, you say we want a contract. Mona Forte.
0: Joining us now is the National President for the Public Service Alliance of Canada, Chris Elward, Thank you for joining us again.
2: My pleasure to be here, Michael. Thank you.
0: Listen, I want to begin with a very simple question. Is this strike really necessary? You say that you're, you're still willing to negotiate, so why shut down government services if, if talks are still possible?
2: Yeah, Michael, we've been at the bargaining table for almost two years. Treasury Board has been dragging its, its feet for two years. Finally, in the last two weeks, Treasury Board has come to the table and started negotiating. They could have done that a year and a half ago. They could have done that six months ago. Why did they wait until our deadline for a strike was fast approaching? That uh, that was absolutely not necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, with the Treasury Board, of course, you have support behind you there. Now the, now, the Treasury Board says it has raised its wage offer higher than where it began in, and in what they are offering, and this is what they are saying, They state they are respecting your workers and at the same time respecting what Canadians can afford to pay. Uh, What's your reaction to that?
2: Look, our wage demand has always been so that we can keep up or keep in line with the rate of inflation. Workers in this country are fed up, they're frustrated, and rightfully so. Everybody wants to pay workers nothing, but yet we sit back and we watch corporations make record profits. We're being we're being gouged in grocery store aisles. We're being gouged in the gas pumps, but yet everybody wants to repress the workers' wages. When this government represses its its wages on its own employees. What it's doing is repressing wages for all workers right across the country. Workers in this country are fed up and they deserve a fair and decent wage increase and that is no different with federal public sector employees as well.
0: How, how do you how do you justify that? How, where where you carry that argument a bit more? How is this fight that you are currently engaged in with the federal government? How does that affect people across this country who are not public service workers?
2: Because whatever happens at the federal level, Mike, and we've seen this, usually, normally, will trickle down provincially, territorially, and private sector employers as well. If this government continues to offer, like, nothing at the uh, bargaining uh, table for our members, every employer in the country is going to feel, oh, the federal government didn't give their employees nothing, we don't have to give our employees nothing either. If this government believes as they say they believe in workers they'll come to the bargaining table and they'd set that bar for all workers across the country
0: okay but you know to hear it from the treasury board though they make the argument very plainly that what you're asking for is not affordable and if they agree to what you're asking for it would severely affect the government's ability to deliver services to canadians what do you say to that
2: Our members have been delivering services to Canadians in a a very quality way. This government is on record as saying we have a world-class public service. Well, if that's true and you believe that, and we believe that, then come to the bargaining table and show us that. Standing up in the House of Commons and making comments about the great work of the federal public service, that's no good for our members. Our members can't bring that to the bank. We need a fair and decent wage offer, no different than any other worker in this country. Everybody thinks federal public sector workers are making six figures. The majority of PSAC members make between forty dollars and $65,000 a year. That They're not senior executive pay. And, and at $40,000 to $65,000 a year can hardly have another rollback hit. And that's what this government is proposing.
0: And I've heard you use that number before. And you, I know you say it's the majority. What percentage of your workers are actually making that amount?
2: The, the vast majority of our... Yes, we have members who make more than $65,000 a year. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority, the biggest percentage of our membership, are between forty dollars and $65,000 a year. Again... A salary that can't suffer another rollback.
0: But you know, uh, Canadians who, who hear this and might he- feel some sympathy, they're also facing some very severe disruptions now. How do you uh, explain going on strike when the kinds of concessions that you're asking for, or at the very least the strike, will affect things like uh, passport services, crossing at the border, immigration services, uh, tax returns? How do you justify that to Canadians who are now wondering what this impact's going to be on them?
2: And you're absolutely right, Michael. Everything that you just listed, our members do all of that work. It's up to the government to make sure that this strike doesn't last long and Canadians are not impacted. They know what they need to do. Come to the bargaining table. Let's do this. Let's get this done for everyone, including including federal public sector members.
0: Now, will you be doing anything to, to minimize the impact on Canadians?
2: Well, I mean, here we are today on Parliament Hill. We have members at Tunney's Pasture here in Ottawa spread out. We're not taking over the streets. We're not shutting down airports or borders yet. We're, we're, we're not inconveniencing the public today. We're here on Parliament Hill in Ottawa. The public don't care about us being up here. We're not inconveniencing, inconveniencing the public by being on Parliament Hill. And, and that is our strategy. We have strategic picket lines right across the, the, the country, and as I said, we haven't you know, set up picket lines at airports or borders or anything like that to, to inconvenience uh, the public. But the longer we're out, the, the public are going to see more and more inconvenience. We don't want to do that. It's up to this government how long this strike lasts.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm now you know we we mentioned all all those services i i'm I'm wondering as well uh, how your own members are feeling right now you know going on strike will also hurt their household incomes a strike pay barely pays for food for a family in a single day so how are your members feeling right now
2: michael why don't i ask that question to the members are here the the question the question is how are you feeling today how are you feeling
0: You know, Chris, I, I need to also. So ask. Michael,
2: yeah. So Michael, our members are out today. We don't want to be on strike, but we know this is the only tool we had left in our toolbox to, to basically get this government to come to the table with a, you know a, an offer that's fair and decent. Mm-hmm. We're continuing uh, the discussions at the bargaining table. We're still hopeful. I mean, our goal from day one, even when we announced the strike results. We said from day one, our goal was to get to a tentative agreement. Our goal wasn't to go on strike. Nobody wants to be out here. Here we are.
0: Now, I know there were a number of issues that were outstanding in terms of trying to come up with some type of tentative agreement. But given what we have just shared with each other right now, is it fair to say that this comes down to wages and money?
2: Uh, CERTAINLY, AGAIN, WE DIDN'T HIDE THAT FACT. WE SAID FROM DAY ONE, WAGES WERE THE PRIORITY IN THIS ROUND OF BARGAINING. IN THE ECONOMIC CONTEXT THAT WE'RE IN, EVERYONE IN THIS COUNTRY IS FEELING THE PINCH. Federal PUBLIC SECTOR WORKERS MAKING forty TO $65,000 A YEAR ARE NO DIFFERENT. AND, and AGAIN, we're, we're, WE'RE FED UP. We're, WE'RE WATCHING MEGA CORPORATIONS MAKE RECORD PROFITS THAT THEY HAVEN'T SEEN IN YEARS. AND YET, NOBODY WANTS TO PAY WORKERS. That doesn't compute. Something has to give there. And as a result, that's what you're seeing today. Workers are fed up, they're frustrated, and they're on strike.
0: Mm-hmm. Listen, Chris, I know this is day one, uh, but the NDP has already gone public. They say that they would never support back-to-work legislation. What do you say to to any politician of any political stripe who might be thinking about that route as a possible solution to
2: this? I, I would ask every member of Parliament in the House of Commons to, to support workers' right to strike, and to vote against any back-to-work legislation if it's introduced. The good thing is, we haven't heard that yet, and we're hoping that we're not going to hear that from this government. A government who's committed to bring in anti-scab legislation, we sure hope they're not going to pull the trigger on back-to-work legislation.
0: Chris Aylward, thank you very much for the time.
2: Thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure.
0: Well, with her response to the strike now underway by the PSAC, we're joined by Mona Forte, President of the Treasury Board. Madam Forte, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, we just spoke with the President of the PSAC, and he says this strike is necessary in part because your government has been, and this is his words, dragging its feet in negotiations, only really coming to the table in the last couple of weeks. How do you respond to that?
3: Well first, uh, thank you for having me today and I know uh, Canadians uh, are worried and I'm here to of course make sure that they're confident that we are working uh, at the table, both uh, parties. And I have to say that last year at this time we tabled our first offer and uh, PSAC walked out of the table. So. Uh, Two weeks ago we decided to go back in mediation and uh, we've been working really hard and I am confident that uh, we will get to a deal that it will be uh, competitive wages, uh, fair wages for public servants and uh, also reasonable for Canadians.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'll talk about wages in a moment but I do do want to continue with some reaction here because we also heard very quickly out of the gate last night uh, the federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh saying that what we're looking at here is a failure of your government to listen to the concerns of government workers uh, expressed nearly for two years now why has it come to this point
3: well again i have to repeat last year we did table wages uh, and uh... pscz chose not to uh, continue the talks and we got back to the table two weeks ago in mediation and i think that uh, we all have a common purpose here we all have a common goal is how best are we going to deliver services to Canadians. And that is what we're working on. That's the common ground that I believe uh, we have. Now, we do have different uh, uh, ideas, and that's where negotiations take place. And we're putting all of our efforts, uh, both parties, all of our efforts to get to a deal.
0: Now, again, from the union, they're saying uh, when it comes to the discrepancy in terms of uh, wages, what they really are asking for are, are salaries, wages that reflect the money that they're now paying for groceries, rent, mortgages, really at a time when many Canadians are struggling, they say they're no different and they just want fair wages to reflect their challenges in real life. How do you respond to that?
3: Well, I respond that uh, there has been a PIC report, what we call the um, Public Interest Commission, that recommended for a fair wage would be 9%, and that's what we tabled, and that's what we're working on. And this would uh, recognize the work that public servants are doing and their different jobs, and also uh, determine that it would be um, reasonable uh, for Canadians. Therefore, we are taking that recommendation and putting it forward. And I think that we have to be uh, really confident that we are in a better space uh, uh, economically as we see the Bank of Canada showing that inflation is going down and 3% uh, looking out uh, uh, very soon. Therefore, we're looking al- also how uh, those uh, wages can come and continue to support Canadians.
0: Mm-hmm. So is it just the wages at this point? Is everything else agreed to and it? It's just the wages that remain the, the sticking point here?
3: There are different issues. Uh, You probably uh, heard uh, one, uh, telework, for example, Mm -hmm, is something mm -hmm. that is being discussed. And of course, I will say that it's a management uh, right from the offset. It's important to know that uh, um, public servants uh, have uh, the opportunity to work uh, from home two three times uh, a week. The fact that also we're looking at what's happening elsewhere, other jurisdictions, uh, and uh, we're following uh, exactly what's happening across the country. And I think that, you know, telework is a good way to, uh, of course, uh, offer uh, services to Canadians, but we need to make sure that hybrid model is also where people can work together at the same location and, and make manage how best we can serve uh, core services to Canadians.
0: Core services, uh, in the meantime, we do have roughly 100,000 people leaving the office, uh, joining picket lines right now because of this strike. How will that affect Canadians? What will your government do to try to, to, to compensate for, for the slowdown in work?
3: So right now, as you know, there are essential services that continue, Uh, for example, uh, Child Canada Benefit, uh, Veterans uh, Income Supports, AI, uh, all of those services will continue. Uh, Other services, of course, uh, will be disrupted. It won't be business as usual. And we'll monitor, of course, how uh, this uh, affects Canadians. Um, But the most important thing is I'm hoping that we can get a deal as soon as possible so we can get back to offering all services to Canadians and do and be back at uh, business as usual.
0: Mm-hmm. A deal as soon as possible, I hear yes. that, but of course, of course you also know right now many are wondering very loudly if this government would use back-to-work legislation if this drags on, I guess if you deem so, too long. So would your government, even though it talks about workers' rights uh, and also bringing in anti-scab legislation, would your government bring back-to-work legislation as a possibility or are you going to avoid that?
3: I'm right now focusing, because we're at the table, to get a deal done at the table. That is where all of my energy is. Even uh, the Prime Minister uh, and I were were discussing and we're putting all of our efforts there and that's what we'll be doing, uh, negotiating at the table uh, to uh, to get to the deal.
0: Now where are those negotiations? At this point you say you're at the table, but are you going to go into the night? Is this something that will go on or what are you looking at over the next few days?
3: Well, we've been at the table for two weeks uh, and now, uh, of course, uh, respecting the fact that uh, PSAC decided to go out and strike. The good news is they're still at the table and we're there working very hard uh, and uh, from morning to, to night and we will continue uh, that pattern, uh, hopefully, uh, until we get a deal.
0: Monoforte, it's been a busy day for you. I really appreciate the time. Thank Merci you. Merci
3: beaucoup. Thank you.
2: Shut it down! If the workers don't give respect, what do we do? Shut it down! If
1: we don't get wages and keep up with the cost of living, what do we do? Shut it down!
0: Well, New Democrats were quick to criticize the federal government, as I said to Mona Fortier, accusing Liberals of dropping the ball after nearly two years of negotiations. With more on their thoughts, we're now joined by Alexandre Boulardis, Labour critic and the deputy leader for the NDP. Mr. Boulardis, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Now, your party says the Liberals are the ones who, who essentially bear responsibility for this strike. Why do you say that?
1: Uh, we say that because you know uh, what is uh, on, on the table right now is is really unacceptable and not reasonable if you look at, uh, at the uh, the inflation and uh, the high cost for everything including grocery, or housing, you know, the, uh, the Liberals are asking the public servants to get uh, to, uh, you know, to, to lose uh, their, their power to, to buy uh, necessities in life and to be uh, poorer, in fact, because every year when you're below inflation, you, you get more... Uh, poor than you were uh, a little bit before, the year before, and uh, we don't agree with that. I think we, we need to respect our public servants and public services and be competitive and attractive on the, uh, on the working market, and it's not the case with what the Liberals are offering. So I totally understand the, the union to, uh, to be mad and say that uh, our members uh, deserve, uh, deserve better and think that they have a really good point.
0: So right now, the, the government, the Treasury Board is offering 9% across three years, uh, the labor union, uh, they, they are asking for, for I believe about 135 across that same time period. If you were in government then, if it were the NDP, would you just give that amount to, to the Public Service Alliance?
1: Oh, you know, uh, in in a negotiation, uh, uh, both sides make to make uh, they, they need to make compromise, and you don't get everything you ask at the beginning of the negotiation. I'm from the labor movement; I know that that you know on both sides you have to uh, to to accept things that you are you were not ready at the, at the beginning of the of the discussions. But it's the it's the how do we do things in uh, in, in Canada, and uh, I think that liberals should respect that, and I think they, they need to increase a little bit because you know at three percent per year when the inflation inflation rate is at 7 or 8% this is not acceptable for you know it's it's Tens of thousands of families that will be impacted by by that. They have worked really hard in difficult conditions during the pandemic. I think they deserve better and more respect from the Liberals. Um, So we encourage both parties to continue to negotiate and and have a a good deal for everyone.
0: Yeah, you you say 7-8%, but those are the numbers that we are looking at uh, towards the end of the last year. Uh, We heard from Tiff Macklin yesterday, the Bank of Canada governor. He expects uh, interest rates to be down around 3% by the end of this calendar year, uh, down to 2% by the beginning of next uh, is it fair then that the the treasury board is saying look if you look at the, where this is headed inflation will get more under control but, and more in line with what's being offered
1: but we want to be very clear about something is that the uh their collective agreement ended two years ago So we have to take in consideration those two years where they didn't get any hike or increase in their their revenue and salary. And those three years of the proposition on the table right now, the first two years are included in those three years. So we we cannot just say it's going to be better next spring or next year because we are looking in the past mostly right now
0: well you know it was interesting to hear from the treasury board because they make the argument that if they actually give unions what they want that well that would actually end up uh, having a negative effect on the kinds of services the government could deliver to canadians how do you respond to that
1: i would say uh, quite the opposite because Uh, The fact that the uh, public servants' working conditions are not competitive on the market right now makes it very difficult to retain people at their jobs, and we see a big uh, 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 shift in in employees. It has consequences on the quality of services that Canadians and citizens will receive. Let's let's get an example on EI. I was talking with uh, uh, the um, uh, president of a local union, the vast majority of uh, her members uh, are there since last then the, since last the last 18 months so If you look at the training, formation, experience, the the capacity to make the good decisions, it has already had an impact on the quality of services. So, you know, uh, I'm not saying give everything that uh, the union is is asking for, but there's a real consequences on the citizens if, if their working conditions are not good enough and they have to train new employees all the time. Makes no sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, it's already known that your your party will never support back-to-work legislation if yes. it should come to that. Are, uh, no one said that it will quite yet, but are you worried about that possibility?
1: We are really worried because we all know that a back-to-work legislation or even, you know, the threat or the, or the possibility of a back-to-work legislation, you know, make make that, you know, the Treasury Board have no incentive to negotiate in in good faith because they can sit down and wait for the bill and wait for the back to work legislation so it breaks the balance at at the negotiation uh, table. And we at the NDP, we believe in the rights, uh, fundamental rights of workers and also the freedom to exercise uh, pressure tactics and to have a free uh, uh, negotiation uh, process and and, and back to work legislation is always only on one side and it's always against the workers so we urge we urge uh, liberals not not to do it and if they do it we'll never vote in favour.
0: Alexandre Bouliris thank you very much for the time. Yeah my pleasure. Now we did invite the Conservatives to take part in today's discussion we did not get a response to our request but here is what we heard earlier today from Stephanie Cousy the Conservative Shadow Minister for the Treasury Board.
4: The strike that we are witnessing here today is a complete result of the incompetence of the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his government. Canada is broken and this is just simply another example. After eight years of this Liberal government, public servants are also suffering suffering with higher cost of living, higher inflation. Justin Trudeau has increased the public service budget by $21 billion, in addition to adding and spending $22 billion on outside consultants, and he still hasn't been able to solve this problem and to come to an agreement in this negotiation. And ultimately, fundamentally, it's Canadians who suffer. It's Canadians who will not receive their passports. It's Canadians' loved ones who will not have their immigration processes completed. And it's Canadians who will not receive their tax returns as a result of uh, incompetence of this Liberal government. So we are calling on Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government to get their act together to resolve this strike, to come to an agreement because it is his incompetence that has brought us to this place and our public service to this place today.
0: Now, before we end our program for this evening, let's take a look at some of the other stories that happened today. It begins with Martine Richard, who is stepping down as the Interim Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner after three weeks on the job. Opposition parties had condemned the appointment, given that she is the sister-in-law of Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic Leblanc. And yesterday, the House Ethics Committee voted to call both Richard and Leblanc to testify. Richard will remain senior general counsel in the commissioner's office. She has held that role since 2015. I continue to say and will always say that Canada is a reliable partner to NATO, a reliable partner around the world, and uh, with our military investments, with the support we give to Canadians, we will uh, continue to be doing that. The Prime Minister is facing new questions today on national defence. The Washington Post reporting he privately told NATO officials that Canada will never meet the Alliance's spending target. The Post is citing a secret U.S. assessment that's part of a major online leak of classified material. The document also claims allies are disappointed and frustrated with Canada's military capacity.
4: We need to prove that the agreement works, that there are small disputes, that we can get over them, that we can solve them. We need to show that we are committed to making this agreement work so that when a new administration comes, or when it's time to renew Kuzma, the economic case has been made perfectly clear.
0: Well, that is the head of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce who brought her free trade message to Ottawa today, Suzanne Clark, saying Canada needs to provide better dairy access and avoid taxing American digital giants. But she also says her own country needs to avoid more buy American procurement rules Clark later meeting with the Prime Minister on Parliament Hill. Canada has a new special envoy to the Indo Pacific region. It is Ian McKay. Canada's current ambassador to Japan. Now, he will keep that role while working to implement Canada's new Indo-Pacific strategy announced in January. McKay was founding CEO of the Invest in Canada agency and worked on the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade negotiations. He is also a former National Director of the Liberal Party of Canada.
4: Time's up in terms of victims of domestic violence not receiving the protection that they need. In terms of children being put into unsafe hands, into the hands of an abuser, like what happened to our daughter, Kira.
0: That was Dr. Jennifer Kagan reacting to the Senate's approval of Kira's Law, named for her four-year-old daughter who was found dead alongside Dr. Kagan's ex-husband in 2020. Bill C-233 will boost domestic violence education for judges, and it will also let judges put electronic monitoring devices on people accused of intimate partner violence. Kira's Law is now awaiting royal assent. And, of course, we'll continue to follow all of those stories for you right here on Primetime Politics. But that is our program for this evening. For everyone here at CPAC, thank you for watching. I'm Michael Serapia. We'll see you again tomorrow. Esther Béjean avec L'Essentiel is next.